weirdos. This is Daria. I'm here with Christine, and this is Getting Weird. Today we're Woo. gonna be woohoo! Today we're gonna be talking about um, concentration practices and all different kinds. Some we've been trying, and some that we've tried in the past. But before we get into that, uh, Christine, how's your week been? Oh, uh, yeah, my week's been, it's been good. It's been challenging. Um, I'm not sure if anyone, any of our listeners follow astrology, but there was a very big transit that happened this week with uh, Mars squaring Saturn. And yeah, so Mars, Mars is like your, uh, is a very powerful planet. It's all about action, taking action. And Saturn is more about your karma. So there's this aspect of Saturn that is kind of putting resistance to all of your actions. So Saturn, Saturn is also in retrograde right now. So So there's been, does that mean like when you try to take action, it's going to be harder Right. And you might find that you're meeting resistance with your goals. I'm going to butcher this because I'm not an astrologer, but I do follow this stuff. But uh, a lot of the energy is about like feeling, feeling stifled, feeling like you're encountering all these obstacles in your goals. Um, There's a tendency to get frustrated around it because Saturn's energy is very heavy and slow and dull so it's okay. kind of sl- slowing everything down. This is so weird because that's exactly how I've been feeling this week. And even preparing for the podcast, I was going to mention how I have all these plans and goals and things that I'm working on, but I just feel like super stuck. Like, it's just like things are moving way slower than I want. And I literally feel like I'm being met with resistance towards like taking action towards my goals. And it's like, when you said those words of just slow and stuck, that's exactly how this week has felt to me with everything like work, life, everything. So that's pretty crazy. Yeah. A lot of people are feeling it. Um, I know, you know, my partner, he, he was planning on leaving to go camping yesterday, but all of these things just kept like falling in his lap and he couldn't leave until he didn't end up leaving until this afternoon. He was supposed to leave yesterday at like three o'clock, but like some work, extra work stuff came up. And then he had the roof box on the truck and backed into our covered parking and completely busted our roof box, which those things aren't cheap. That's bad. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, it's just like, but then he, he, he was like, well, I think I can rig it. So he had to figure it. So that took him like two and a half hours to figure out how to rig it. And it was just like, everything was just kept pushing him back. And that's, that's kind of what's been happening with me. There's just these random things that keep slowing me down. Like I was even just talking to you about how I woke up this morning, just feeling sick, not COVID sick, but like tum tum sick. And it's just, I had planned to do all of these things in between um, when I left work and when I recorded with you and pretty much nothing got done. I actually ended up taking a nap. 
because I was just like, I'm just going to surrender to this energy. I don't know what's going on. It's just felt and, like, and just rest. Yes. It's felt like that for me, but in a different way, like I have an agenda of like, okay, I'm going to get done with this thing today and then I'll just start doing it and something else will happen and I'll have to deal with that other thing and I won't be able to finish. Like this morning I had something for work that I really wanted to get done. And I was like, this is my time to do this work task. It was just, you know, some computer stuff. And I sat down to do it and was working, started working on it. And then I went to the fridge to get, I don't know, something to drink or something. And I saw that I had put some chicken in there and the chicken juice had spilled out all over the fridge. And I had to clean that up and it took forever. And by the time I was done with that, I had yeah. not enough time, like some time left over, but not enough time to sit down and start the project again, you know? So it was just kind of a waste of that time. Just lots of little things like that have been happening. Yeah, like little obstacles. Yeah, same, same. I had a lot of things I was planning to get done this week and I had plenty of time to do them, but things kept happening. Like I was having issues with my computer, like just one thing after another. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been, nothing terrible has happened. It's no. just been a challenging week. <laughs> yeah. I've, I'm so glad you said that because I've just been getting kind of frustrated. Like, God, I just can't really, I feel like I can't take any steps forward. Every step forward feels like three steps back. I just can't make progress with anything. But now that I was actually wondering, and I was going to ask you today, if there was some astrological thing, because it just has felt like the last few days have had that same feeling. Mm-hmm. And I think that's actually kind of cool because what my mind did is I went, God, this sucks. And I just started to get kind of down. And then I thought, wait, what if this is just something, um, you know, with the planets that's happening? And then I thought, okay, so I know that it's going to end and it's going to change. And then I felt better about it like okay this is just a phase and it'll change so i think whether or not you believe in astrology i think that's just a nice part of astrology is it just kind of reminds you like hey this is not forever this will change you're gonna be fine you'll be happy again later and everything will be going great later but i felt that way too like working with patients like i felt like a couple weeks ago i was like man i'm so right on i'm just like everything's going exactly the way I want. And then the last few days, I just have kind of felt like, man, I'm missing something or, you know, just haven't, the pieces haven't fit together as easily with everything. And it just kind of ebbs and flows like that. Like you can't be crushing it all the time. (laughs) (laughs) No, and definitely the, uh, the planets tell us that. And it, and it is nice. Like what you just said about there, it's not going to be forever. This is just the, the energy will shift. I don't know how long that'll be. I mean, I've heard it could be like about a week or so, but this transit, <clears throat> this Mars square Saturn is actually going to happen twice more this year. Uh-huh. So I know. So it's good to to know when these things are happening so you can be prepared because honestly, there's some transits I've found that don't affect me at all that are really big for other people. 
there was one a couple of weeks ago when Mars squared Pluto and um, Pluto is all about death and rebirth and Mars is all about action. So it was like things were ending. Some things were ending that maybe people didn't want to end and some new things were starting and uh, that didn't really affect me, but this I definitely felt for sure. Mm-hmm. Anything else new with you this week besides some frustrations? Yeah, my little <laughs> my little frustrations and I don't know, just trying to figure out what to do with all the smoke. So for those of you who are on the East Coast, I guess it's been super smoky on this whole side of the country. And I feel like with COVID, they were like, okay, so just stay in your house. Don't go anywhere. But if you're going to go somewhere, be outside. And so everyone started, you know, kind of venturing outside a little bit. People would go outside and get exercise. And then all the smoke happened. And now they're like, okay, well, don't leave your house. (laughs) But also, you can't be outside. So now we're just stuck in our house again. And it just feels like it just is never. Quarantine all over again. I know. I just can't even. (laughs) So I don't know. I'm again, trying to be positive and you know, it's none of this is forever and it's going to change, but it just is kind of starting to feel like forever. Like this year has just been, you know, there've been lots of good things too this year, but you know, there's been a lot of difficult things as well. <laughs> yeah. There's a certain relentlessness to it where it it's, we've got the heat wave, we've got the fires, we've got COVID. So it's like, yeah, it's, you can't really go outside and. And murder hornets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a lot, a lot of stuff happening. Um, but yeah, it'll all shift. It's all going to shift. And one really cool thing about this transit, the last thing I'll say about it is that it, it, if you are working, doing any inner work, um, the, energy right now is good for transforming anything very quickly. So if you have something you're working on, something, some, something you're trying to um, get better at or some self-work you're trying to do, as you do that, you'll notice like you can transform very quickly. So shadow work, or if you're trying to make a habit or break a habit, you might encounter a lot of resistance right now, but the shift will happen quickly. So at least there's that. Yeah. It's a good time to just hang out and uh, do some inner work, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. So concentration practices. Yes. So what have you been doing? Um, there's a few that I, that I do. I mean, one just, you know, being very mindful of the breath and just concentrating on the breath and always coming back to the breath after your mind wanders, um, that, and I've actually started doing a practice that I hate the, uh, Trotica. So the candle gazing practice. I don't like that one either. Um, and especially right now, I feel like maybe in the winter, I, I would have a little bit better time with it, but I, for some reason, okay, so the basics of this practice is, and I don't know if you learned it the same way I did, but 
you stare at a candle flame, you, you position the candle at about eye level, and you stare at the candle flame, you concentrate on that flame, and you don't blink. You actually try to keep your eyes open as long as you can till your eyes start to tear. And if you can't take it anymore, you close your eyes and you just focus on that like uh, that negative image of the light until you can open your eyes again. Is that how you learned it? That's not how I learned it. I learned it that, well, first of all, you can, you can blink there. I never learned it to not blink. And I learned <laughs> that you don't stare directly at the flame. You just stare kind of off to the side of it. So the flame is in your awareness, but you're not like staring right at it. So mm -hmm. your eyes. So that's how I think I learned it. I learned it from a yoga teacher though. So. Well, well I learned this from a yoga teacher too. So. Oh, yours is more <laughs> hardcore than mine. It's, yeah. I mean, they, we, when we were practicing it, like we all had tears just running down our yeah. face from just mid. your eyes being irritated. From, yeah, and, like middle path, middle path. That's a little intense. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it, it was. And I would just sweat profusely when staring at this candle flame. And same thing when I've been practicing it. I've just practiced it a few times in the last week and I just start sweating. So I don't know if it aggravates Pitta or I'm a very Pitta dominant dosha type in Ayurveda, not to get off subject, but um, I'm really sensitive to like spicy foods and things just like I'm attracted to them, but they don't necessarily do good things with my body when I ingest them. So staring at, at a candle flame actually would make me just sweat even more. And we're already in a heat wave here. Mm -hmm. did, you, did it feel like you were like releasing something? Cause sometimes I feel like when you sweat a lot, you're like, you know, detoxing or something. <laughs> I wish it had that. I just got irritable. I was just like annoyed. That's what I got. Um, good. I mean, I felt like afterwards I was so relieved I was done with it. I was like, okay, that was 20 minutes. I did that. And like, now I'm going to go watch Netflix. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure I'm still concentrating. It's still a good thing. Like I do feel when I do concentration practices regularly, I'm a little more aware of my emotions and I feel like I'm less reactive for some reason when I do concentration practices regularly. So I've been trying to do a little bit more of that just so, um, so I can just be chill. I mean, I feel like everyone's just like about to like bust right now. I totally agree with you. I feel like, um, the, I had the same experience, like the concentration practice. You can be more aware of what's going on inside. And I think that just in itself, being more aware makes you less reactive because you can see like, oh, anger, anger is arising. Let me observe it instead of just like being like, screw you, you jerk or whatever, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you can uh, notice it. And so then it doesn't overtake you. 
I did have, so I haven't done concentration practices for a while. And I was just trying to do like, just, you know, breath awareness. And I did notice this thing that I've noticed before with concentration practices is when I haven't done them for a while, the first little bit of doing them makes me feel sort of weird because it's almost unpleasant because you start to notice how crazy you are. Yeah. It's like, it's not like you sit down and just observe your breath for 20 minutes. You maybe observe your breath for like three minutes of that and the rest of the time your mind's just like, blah, 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 And you're like, oh yeah, my breath. But it's so surprising because even that, like you feel like you hardly noticed your breath, but just trying to do it is like super effective. Yeah, that is the practice. And so many people think that like meditation is this stopping your thoughts. Yeah. And it's like, no. Yeah. No, they're not going to stop. I don't think they stop until you die. No. And even while you're sleeping, you're still like, you're having dreams and. Yeah. It's, it's just about active. coming back to your focus, whether it's your breath or whatever it is. And I was actually thinking, cause you had mentioned concentration practices is what we should do this week. But you know, there's concentration practice where you just make your mind really stable and focused. And then there's insight practices where you're like trying to observe reality as it is to understand the true nature of reality and the understanding that you ultimately come to is that everything is impermanent. That's like insight meditation that you do once you've developed good concentration meditation, quote unquote. But I noticed like, I don't know if this is because I've done a lot of insight meditation, but even just practicing a little bit of concentration my brain just naturally started to do insight meditation. It was just all like, oh, like notice how fleeting like this thought is and how fleeting this sensation is. And I don't know, I think like a lot of the books I've read on meditation say that, well, first you practice concentration. And if you only practice concentration, you'll never progress on the path of enlightenment or whatever. You have to practice insight. But I think like just observing your breath, if you, I guess maybe if you never thought about like, oh, where, how is this impermanent? Then yeah, maybe you wouldn't have any insights. But just even if you have that thought in the back of your head, I think it's a, well, I guess what I'm trying to say is a concentration practice is more than just a concentration practice. Like it's changing other things in your brain. Yeah, that totally makes sense. And when you when you even just do it consistently for, I mean, because that's what I started with when I started meditating every day. I started with just, just being, you know, breath awareness and just coming back to the breath and basic concentration, bringing my focus back over and over and over again. And it seemed so simple. I was so surprised how much I started to feel things shift, like within a week or so of just doing it every day. It was so, it was so, I couldn't believe how powerful it was. I did start to notice, like I was just noticing my emotions more um, in, in real time. I mean, I'm pretty good at recognizing them after I've said something stupid or 
<laughs> whatever. I was like, oh, I was, you know, kind of amped up right there when I said that. But it was like, I could actually feel the emotion, label it, and then not, not have that reaction, not like express yeah. it, I guess. Yes. It's like, it just gives oh. Uh, the way I heard it described that I really liked is like, it's not gonna like change who you are. It's not going to stop those emotions from coming, but it's like a little, like if you were in a car, like your brain is the car and your emotions are the road and you're just driving a hundred miles an hour towards a brick wall, the noticing your breath and getting good at observing that makes you better at observing your body. And it's just like a little bit on the brakes. You know, you're just putting on the brakes a little bit. Like it's, you're still hurtling in that direction, but just even just a little bit of tapping on the brake is, you know, you can feel that makes a big difference. Like for me yesterday, um, I was talking to Teague and he was saying something about, I don't know, like, give me some advice about my business. And I got really defensive and I was like, you always say this, blah, 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 blah. And he was just kind of like, okay, sorry. And I was about to like, be like, you don't even really mean that you're sorry and just go off on this thing. And then I was <laughs> just saw my brain in my brain, just me saying that and like perpetuating. It. And I was like, oh, like, I'm just going to choose to not pursue that because it's totally just my own defensiveness and my brain just wanting to like, it's almost like you get addicted to those feelings of like anger. You're like, Oh, anger. Like I want to keep it going. I want to keep it going. Even though when you take a moment and you can see like, actually anger feels icky. Like I don't want to keep this going, but before you notice that, your body's just like anger, 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 more, more, more. And if you don't see it, it just keeps going. Yeah. And I feel like I don't like with that kind of situation, I feel like you almost want, you think if you have it, your anger and you give it to someone else, somehow it won't affect you anymore. I think, feel like that's why we kind of like really project yeah. everything onto our partners or family, you know, yeah. they see the worst of us because I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. Here, you take it. Yeah, it's just and like, they're like, yeah. <laughs> it's so just bad. All your anger on everybody else. And now they're angry and you're angry and nobody's happy. Yeah. And then you feel guilty. Yeah. Then you've like dragged them into your, your dark thought bubble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's a powerful practice. I'm curious why you chose the candle gazing meditation if you don't like it. I just wanted to try it again. Um, yeah. thinking that maybe something would be different. Um, I was really just playing around. I, I only tried it a couple of times. Typically I do, um, the, the breath awareness. And I also, I, and I don't know if this is a concentration practice or this is part, I think it might be concentration, but noting, doing noting, yeah. Noting is great. So noting, uh, if you don't know what that is, uh, also really good. I feel like for people who are just beginning to do these practices is when you have a certain thought, you 
note that it, whatever, whatever quality it has. So if you're say your thought is about what you're going to do this weekend, your plans for the weekend, you would say planning. Or if you're remembering a time when you did something horrible that you regret, you're remembering and you're just labeling each of these thoughts based on whatever context they're in. And it's really easy to not follow a thought like that once you label it. It's interesting because as soon as, at least for me, as soon as I label it, my, I go on to the next thought. I don't keep like ruminating on that same thought. I don't follow it. Yeah. And noting can be applied not just to thoughts, to like anything. Like you can- Sensations. Like tingling, numbness, mm-hmm. pain, pressure. And it's like- um, it's like shining a spotlight on something, but it's like the opposite thing happens. So you think like if you are having a thought and you shine a spotlight on it, it's going to become more prominent, but it just kind of dissolves. Like you said, it, it's the thoughts that just kind of run in the background that persist. But as soon as you notice them, they go away. Um, sensations will come and go kind of more on their own, but they do come and go. Nothing is permanent. So that would be more like a, I feel like noting is a blend of a concentration practice and an insight practice. Well, you need concentration for insight, but I would say noting is more like an insight practice because you're just noticing just by noting every little thing that's happening, you're just becoming aware of how everything is just constantly changing because like the Mm -hmm, the impermanence yeah because the goal of noting at least the way i learned it is you want to note like as fast as you possibly can everything you possibly can so you to the point where you don't even have time to say like to think about what it is that you noticed and then give it a label you just are like beep 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 for everything you notice it doesn't have to be beep but that's what I use. <laughs> it's like fast. But yeah, that's a just doing noting really slowly though also is super powerful and I think it yeah, I think super simple meditation techniques like noticing the breath don't get enough credit. I feel like meditation has gotten so popular and there's like meditations for forgiveness and like meditations for like everything in the freaking world. But that's not really a meditation because you're just like thinking about forgiveness. You know what I mean? Right. Like that stuff's nice. It's like nice to think about that, but just like, just notice your breath. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like if you want to meditate, you don't need like some, I mean, okay. I don't know, I shouldn't like go off on this too much, but of course it's nice to have a teacher, but I don't think you even really need someone to teach you. Like a good book on it is probably enough. Right, because really what we're talking about is all you have to do. I mean, you really just have to breathe, notice your breath when you start to get lost in a thought, just mindfully bring yourself back to the breath you know, without like judging yourself and just, 
you know. I feel like you could get enlightened by just noticing the breath. I mean, it might take like a couple lifetimes of doing that all the time, but like, you know, it's, it's all you need. And, uh, can you, I I just want to ask this not to interrupt you, but how do you define enlightenment? So, uh, (laughs) so I don't know. Again, like I spent so much time learning about this stuff and I don't really get into it anymore, but there's like different levels, like stages of enlightenment that you can get to, right? There's like, and each time you get to a new phase, you don't go backwards. So you can have different levels of enlightenment, right? So like somebody who meditates a lot, you have this like experience at some point during your meditation or just randomly that like changes your brain and you can never see things the way you did before, but you're still, you know, like a regular human and those levels go up and up and up to the point of like, say the Buddha, someone who's like fully enlightened. Um, And again, you know, I don't like that stuff. That's just like, written an ancient text but then there's also people like nowadays who claim to have like gotten to those levels and they all have like forums and stuff where they talk about how they got there and whatnot and like different people try it so I think it's like a real thing I think it's like a neurochemical thing where you observe reality so much as it really is that you can't unsee it um so yeah I don't know if I if that answers your question. Uh, it does. I'm just always curious how people see that. Uh, like, okay. I don't buy that whole thing that like, you're already enlightened. Like, I mean, like, yes, that's true. Like everybody has the potential to be enlightened and you can have like moments of enlightenment, but everybody's not enlightened. Like that's something to work towards. Right. So it's, if, someone is enlightened they're not gonna they're not gonna have explosive like rage or anything are they going to be totally calm all the time no no i mean i don't know i've never met anyone who's totally enlightened but i feel like i feel like i've met people who are who are progressed up the path and i always thought that oh like these people who have like been meditating for so long are gonna be like wearing white robes and just like totally calm all the time but they almost become like a more intense version of who they really are they have like less inhibitions and less like needs to feel like they have to cover up who they are and then just like they're they're just like so much themselves but they have like a different like twinkle in their eye i mean i know that sounds really corny But so Trungpa Rinpoche, he was like an insanely good meditation teacher. He was probably like one or two levels up on the rungs of enlightenment. He was a raging alcoholic and a womanizer, Mm. but he, he had like that control of his mind, but he didn't choose to use that for like self-control. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. These labels that not, and I'm not condoning that. I think what he did was horrible and I don't support him, but I think the labels that we put on things of like 
how we should act and this is right and this is wrong. And like the more enlightened you get, the more you're just like, it's all just, you know, a Nietzsche, like it's all changing. It's, it's not like you don't see things the same way, I guess. So yesterday I was talking to, I was having a spiritual conversation with a friend of mine and he said how he had defined enlightenment was experiencing the world through your spirit's eyes, seeing the world through your spirit's eyes. And I asked if that was, you know, does the ego have to dissolve for you to become enlightened? And he's like, no, of course not. Cause you can't, the ego is always going to be there, but it's integrated in a way that you're really just, everything you're doing is, is from your, the level of the spirit versus your meat suit body. What do you think about that? Um, I don't know. I don't really agree with that. <laughs> well, and like you said, there's a lot of people who, and more than just um, Trump or Rinpoche, that, you know, are quote unquote enlightened. They've reached these really high levels of spirituality or whatever you want to call it, enlightenment. And they're still kind of like not cool people. Yeah. Like being enlightened doesn't <laughs> like a cool person. You're not like, okay. So this is, this is the exact problem because <laughs> being cool is about having an ego. And the reason I don't agree with your friend is being enlightened is dissolving your ego. And the that's part, what I thought you, and, we, we agree about this. Okay. And the part <laughs> that the part that make would make trunk Rinpoche go, Oh, I shouldn't do this because society will like look down on me is a uh, ego. Ego keeps, mm. ego keeps you in norms. As you get more enlightened and you dissolve that you, he probably doesn't like, feel bad about that or, or good about it. He's just, everything is just washing through him. And he, he doesn't have the need to be like, Oh, like this is wrong and this is right. And like people are going to think differently of me. And I think that's why like loving kindness meditation is always encouraged in like every almost every tradition because it kind of trains you like to not harm people and have compassion, have compassion and develop that side because just enlightenment, like just expanding your consciousness and your awareness to, to that level where you were no longer living at the level of everybody else doesn't yeah doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a nicer person that's so weird to me because i guess because i always thought about it like i thought about buddha and compassion how compassionate he was and that's enlightenment it's this you're on this high spiritual level but you're also treating everyone around you compassionately and lovingly but really there's no moral ethical 
thing that goes with enlightenment? I mean, it's highly complex, right? Like alcoholism is a disease. Like maybe he just had that gene. He had no control over that. Like even being an enlightened person, he just, you know, didn't care, didn't whatever. So you can be enlightened and also be like a sociopath. Yeah. That's crazy. I I mean, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. This is just what I think. But as you get enlightened, there's still, like you were saying, like we were just saying, when we practice these just super simple meditations, we notice like, oh, it feels icky to be angry. And it feels icky to be mean. And it feels icky to like kill things, you know, like when you're meditating a lot. So, okay. So this is the arc that I went through just as an example. Okay. So when I first started meditating, I was like, I'm a vegetarian. I don't want to kill anybody. Any animals should never die for me. No other being should have to suffer because I have like understood like how suffering is terrible. And I'm coming out of suffering through my meditation practice. I don't kill any, any bugs or anything like that. I don't want to kill and cause more suffering. And then as I like practice more and more and more, I was just like, well, I'm just going to kill this mosquito. (laughs) You know, like it was like, well, I, I don't intend for it to suffer, but I'm like kind of indifferent to its suffering because that's just, that's just the way the world, not even like, not even like that's just the way the world is. It's just like, well, that's just what is, you know, it. And so I feel like the first stages of enlightenment are, you do kind of have to go through that, like, oh, I'm going to be the super peaceful being. But then when you actually achieve levels of your enlightenment, you realize that stuff's just like more ego. It's just, Mm. this is who I am. It's like you have this like little statue in your brain of you and it's like this shiny statue and you like polish it and you put like different ornaments on it and you just like love it. And you're like, this is me, my statue. And then when like someone says like, whoa, you've really put on weight, you know, it's like a little crack in your statue or like, you know, someone you love betrays you and it gets like more cracked and but as you progress, it's like that statue, you're just like, oh, this doesn't really matter. So when good things happen to it, you're just kind of like, okay, that's nice. But like, I don't really care. You don't have to be like, oh, more ornaments. Or when somebody like cracks your statue, you're like, well, that sucked, but that's fine. So you're not like this. I think people think, oh, that sounds horrible because you're just like this monotone person but you're not, you still like feel things and experience things, but you almost get to experience them more because you can just be really in the moment with things. It's like when you're, it's like when you go like out somewhere beautiful and you're just like, Oh man, I have to get a good picture of this sunset. The sunset's so amazing. Like I have to capture it versus just being like, Oh, I'm just going to enjoy this instead of like spend the whole time looking at it through my tiny camera lens, trying to, futilely trying to capture it and it never comes out the way that it looked when you were there it's like that it's like 
the ego part is the photo taker. The enlightened part is the person that's like, well, this is going to go away. So I might as well just enjoy it. It's never mm-hmm. gonna be good if I try and capture it. And the enlightened person is also the more authentic person too. Cause I imagine as you're reaching these stages of enlightenment, you're becoming more comfortable and knowing even who you really are. And again, like releasing those ego drives to, cause I think about it all the time. I'm always doing all this inner work, trying to be a better person. And that's all driven from my ego. Yep. You know, which is good. Like the ego keeps <laughs> safe. You don't want to get rid of your whole ego. Yeah. Unless you're going to be a monk that lives in a cave. Like if you're going to live in the real world with other people, you need your ego. You need your ego to not get in a car with someone who's like in a creepy minivan, you know, (laughs) like get in my van. Your ego is like, no, I want to preserve myself. You know what I mean? Keeps you safe. And your ego also motivates you to do nice things for other people because it makes you feel good. You know, Mm -hmm. like volunteering. Usually people volunteer. It's a selfish act because they want to feel good about themselves. So they go do something selfless. Yeah, which so, and that's bad. That's right. Good. There's lots of positive things that I think the ego does. And, you know, completely dissolving it, I mean, doesn't that only happen when we die? I think, okay, I think that the Buddha completely dissolved his ego. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it seems like it. But I think the what made, so I think there's other people who have attained the same level of enlightenment as the Buddha. But I think what was unique about the Buddha is he like cared enough for whatever reason to be like, I need other people to learn this. Cause he, he had freed his mind from all of suffering. He could have just like sat in a cave and just like enjoyed his blissful mind. He didn't have to like go out and like, travel the world and try and like, you know, spread the word about his teaching and just like, you know, spend hours every single day and night just teaching people like not even sleeping, just teaching, 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 teaching. So for whatever reason, he had that in him that he was like, this needs to spread, like, I need to do this. But like, you know, he didn't, I could see other people having that same level and just being like, great, I'm just happy being super enlightened. Like, I don't feel the need to help anybody else. You know what I mean? So sure, yeah, that was his unique capacity. I think, I don't know. All just opinion. <laughs> this is all such, I mean, it's really interesting things to think about of just the nature of our reality and what we're doing here and what's the point of everything that we're doing. Yeah. It really gives you perspective on like the things that you think are such a big deal. You're like, "Ah, I guess that's not that big a deal. Yeah. Let stuff go. So on another note about like concentration practices to kind of go back to that because we went off on a huge tangent. Yeah, we did. (laughs) But um, one, my favorite way to do concentration practices now is just to like, like secretly do them. So I started doing this back when I was, God, I guess this was like nine or 10 years ago. So 
after college, before I went to PT school, I just worked in coffee shops. Um, and that was just like what I did. And I would just try and like practice noticing my breath as much as I could the whole time that I was working. And it's so weird when you do that because you just notice how autopilot you are. Like I was not thinking like, I'm going to make this latte. I would just be like noticing my breath and my, I would just like watch my body make the latte. It was so weird. And that's just how we work all the time. Like when you drive your car, if you're just like observing your breath, like when you reach for a door handle, you're just like, oh my God, you just like look at your hand. It's kind of like the having no head where you're just like, mm. you're just watching your body robot just do stuff. And you're just like in the head seat, just being like, oh, what are we going to do next? You know, it's not, nothing is like the, and this is the whole free will argument. And we're, I don't know, we probably should. We're not going to go off on that tangent today. No, but it's like, everything is just like one thing is just leading to the other thing and you don't have control over it again. That's like dissolving your ego, but it's just fun. Like whenever you're out just observing your breath and once you get good at it, you just like try to do it as much as you can when you're doing other things like making dinner, you know, just watch yourself make your dinner without you having any input. If that makes sense, you're just observing your breath. It's kind of fun to try it. I will. I will start in doing a little bit more of that. I, I kind of do that when I'm driving already. I'll practice it when I'm driving. Just like, I'm going to just think about my breath. Mm-hmm. And that's another automatic type activity where, you know. It's like, it's like it's an unconscious activity, but you're being more conscious of how unconscious it is. Right. Exactly. All those unconscious things are happening all the time, but you're unconscious to the unconsciousness. <laughs> and breathing is the biggest one, I think. I mean, the thing that's keeping us alive is totally unconscious. Well, breathing is the great uh, bridge because, to- because there are a lot of things keeping you alive right now. Like your heart is pumping right now, but you can't say, oh, heart stop pumping for a while. You know, you can't say, oh, stomach, stop digesting for a while. But you can say like, oh, I'm just going to stop breathing. Like not forever, but you can do it for a while. You can increase your breathing. You can slow down your breathing. But if you don't do anything with it, it just keeps going automatically. It doesn't stop. So it's like the gateway between your internal and external worlds, like what you control and what you don't control. That's why I think it's so powerful because it has both. Yeah. And consciousness. I mean, if you stop breathing long enough, you lose consciousness, right? Oh yeah. That was a good one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think I, you know, noting, um, just breath awareness, those, just even those two practices, if someone's thinking about, starting some concentration. I I feel like those are the two best ones to start with. What do you think? I think noting is kind of a hard one to start. More advanced. But not really. I feel like noting is only hard because you think it's supposed to be more than it is. Like that's what makes noting hard because noting is super simple. It's like so simple that people want to make it hard. 
they're like, it can't possibly be just naming things that happen. You're like, how can this possibly do anything? But it really does. So I'd say if you're going to try that one, just accept that it's going to feel like you're just literally just naming things. Another one that I really like is just noticing like the sensations in your hands and your feet. Um, because for some people it's difficult, you know, for whatever reason to observe their breath. It's hard to feel their breath, but you can like rub your hands together and you'll notice sensations there if you can't feel them just sitting. And it's a nice one because you can just do it whenever and it's good to observe, start to learn to observe body sensations, I think. Because I think we're pretty disconnected from our bodies. So. Right. So that's a good way to like bring you back in and practice your concentration. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because if you have like anxiety or um, some other, um, I guess, like things that would make it uncomfortable for you to focus on your breathing, like if you tend to be an anxious person and you try to focus on your breathing, it can sometimes make you more anxious. Yeah. And some people can't breathe well through their nose um, or I don't know, for a lot of different reasons, breathing might not be appropriate for everybody. So the hand and feet, just noticing that tingly sensation or just the surface of the touch of your hands on your thigh or wherever it's resting, just noticing that sensation as long as you can. And I, I just reiterate, you know, if you're going to try it, a concentration practice to not like get discouraged if you feel like you only spend like a little bit of your time actually noticing that that like we mentioned earlier you're probably gonna wander all over the place and that's totally fine and normal and part of it so again i think like you know all these practices came from an eastern culture and in the west we're kind of like instant gratification like like oh i'm not perfect at this right away waste of my time, you know, <laughs> like, oh, this isn't feeling like it's doing anything, waste of my time. But I think, uh, you know, it's good to stick with it and see if you notice anything. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another thing I wanted to ask you. Oh, so uh, just real quick about noticing sensations. Um, how is that for someone who has maybe chronic pain? And is that helpful for people with chronic pain? Or does it actually cause them to like over focus on their pain? Well, as you know, like chronic pain is really complex and it can make you like really disconnect from your body because it's unpleasant to be in your body. So it depends. Like if you have pain in your hands and feet, don't sit there and focus on that. But if your pain is like low back pain, your brain is naturally just going to be like back pain, back pain, back pain. Like what's going on with your back, your back, your back, your back, your back, your back, your back. And then you're just like, Oh God, like it feels horrible to be in my body. But if you can notice a part of your body that feels neutral or good, like your hands, usually your hands just feel kind of fine unless you have a hand issue, a hand injury or hand pain. That is actually really good because you're learning, oh, okay, my body is actually a safe place. It's just this one zone because your body will draw all that attention to that point of pain. Mm -hmm. If you have like entire body pain, you know, you probably shouldn't be just taking our advice. You should probably 
seek some help to get back into your body because you need to get back into your body, but it's more than you need more help than what we can give you on this like super amateur podcast <laughs> and disclaimer. Like, I don't know. You shouldn't even like really listen to anything we tell you to do. You should actually talk to a professional. So this is like just to cover our ass, you know, this is all, this is all just our experience. We're not recommending anybody to do anything specific. <laughs> right. We just share, we just share our experiences with these things. Just sharing, not, not, uh, ad- advocating. Occasionally we advocate things, but um. we're just sharing and we're caring, <laughs> but we're not telling. <laughs> Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And you know, if you like trying different things and it's nice to hear someone else's review. I always read reviews before I buy a product. This is like, we do this as we're kind of giving a review of these different weird things that we like to try. Consider us your Google review for weird stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So like if you bought a product that someone else reviewed and they said it was awesome and you hated it, you wouldn't like sue that other reviewer, you would just be like, oh, that person has a different experience than mine, right? Basically, Christine's like, please don't sue us. <laughs> okay, so Christine, Christine, if you had yeah. to give concentration practice like a Google rating, like how many stars would you give it? I would give it five stars. It's, oh, five it's stars. Help- yeah, I mean, it's helped me so much, um, especially in the beginning when I was trying to develop a daily meditation practice. I felt like it was very accessible. Um, I've, you know, I do a lot of like devotional type meditation now and coming back to the concentration practices, I feel like actually helps my other meditation or my other devotional type prayer and all those kind of things. It definitely gives it a little boost. So five stars. What about you? Um, I don't know. I guess I would give it like four, four and a half stars. Okay. That's still pretty good. Yeah. And I feel like right now, especially with the way technology is and how short our attention spans are getting, I feel like these concentration practices can become really valuable. Yeah just just to offset some of some of the damage that technology is doing to our brains so yeah i mean i don't know i don't know if it's just me but i feel like also the times are changing and they've always been changing you know like um and so to some degree our brains have to just kind of adapt to like a, a more technological environment so maybe the way that we practice concentration practices also will have to change. Like what was appropriate for monks a thousand years ago might not be appropriate for us now. And I think that's okay. You know, I don't think we need to like try to live up to that standard. So maybe your concentration practice is just like noticing your breathing while you cook your dinner for some of the time or 
you know, just noticing little things here and there instead of like being like, I have to sit here for an hour and do this. Otherwise I'm not doing it. So yeah, I think, yes, we need to mitigate some of the negative effects of being on computers all the time, but also it's like, we also have to kind of grow and adapt, you know, Anicha is changing. (laughs) Well, I think we're going to be cyborgs soon anyways. We're already, we're already part of the way there. So I know we'll, ju- we'll just have a program that we run that helps with our attention. <laughs> yeah. The attention app in your brain chip. Yep. Like, oh, I'm just going to run some attention right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the future. All right. Well, cool. Any last uh, thoughts? Final thoughts? No. All right. Well, I hope next week's a better week. It'll be a better week for everyone. I think we'll get some nice, we've got the full moon next week. What's the full moon in? Uh, Pisces. Pisces. So it'll be dreamy and fishy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it'll be good. All right, everyone out there, uh, thank you for tuning in. And as always, please subscribe. Leave us a five-star review on uh, iTunes. That would be great. And share if you know anyone who might be interested in listening to us yammer on (laughs) about this weird stuff. Please share. And yeah, I think that's about it. Well, thanks for tuning in. I'm Daria. And I'm Christine, reminding you to get a little weird. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Bye.